Hi people of the E-Tribe, this is Isar again and today I have something special for you. This episode is called The Big Lie of Small Business. What is the big lie of small business? Well, you'll have to listen to the episode to know that, right? But in the meanwhile, I can tell you it talks about why small businesses go out of business. And on the second half of the episodes, I go over specific steps, actionable things you can do in order to increase the chances of your small business growing and reducing the chances that it will go out of business like so many other businesses do. So if you're struggling with the day-to-day or you're looking for ways to grow your business and turn it around, this episode will give you a lot of great information and food for thought. Let's dive in after the intro. You're listening to the E-Tribe podcast series, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passion and become better at what they do. I'm Isar Matis, a serial entrepreneur myself, and I'm sitting down with other members of the E-Tribe, entrepreneurs, e-commerce experts, e-marketers, and other e-people. We come from different industries and different places around the world. Together, we discuss challenges, solutions, lessons learned, and tools that help us be more effective and make an impact in our world. Hey, people of the E-Tribe, it's Isar Matis again. I have something interesting to share with you. I was actually working on a research for a different article that I'm working on. The article is called How to Get Off the Small Business Hamster Wheel. While I was doing the research for this article, I was looking for why small businesses fail. I was doing a pretty thorough online research and more and more resources that I looked at show that a very large portion of the entrepreneur population thinks that most businesses finish their lives, run out of business when they run out of money. There are different variations of this. It could be they could not secure financing on time. They could not secure the right kind of financing. They could not get the right loan, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, a huge percentage says that money was the reason they ran out of business. I went to the website of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce to look at what they're sharing about statistics of small businesses. In their statistics about the failure of small businesses, they have the following quote, when the owners of failed small businesses are surveyed, almost half of them claim that lack of funds resulted in the failure of their business. When I read this, I was shocked. Half the people, half, that run out of business claim that it's because they ran out of money. Not because they made wrong decisions, not because they did not have a plan, not because they did not have the right market research, not because they don't know how to do marketing, but because they ran out of money. I was shocked. So before we dive into this and try to analyze the statistics, I want to give you some supporting information also from the Chamber of Commerce. About 400,000 new small businesses are started in the U.S. every year. 400,000. And yes, there's not supporting statistics for that, um, explaining exactly what kind of businesses they open. I assume the vast majority of them are people who just open an LLC and don't even do anything with it. Or they open an LLC because they got their hairstyling certificate and they want to work for hair cuttery. By no means I intend that as an insult, I'm just stating the fact that a lot of people who are starting in the job force have the kind of jobs that require them to have their own company and work as external contractors. 
But that being said, we're talking about 400,000 new businesses. Let's say that 20% of them are businesses, a real business that somebody's starting. That still leaves us with, with 80,000 new businesses every single year. 80,000 new businesses. So now let's go to the next part of the statistics from the Chamber of Commerce. Only 40% of small businesses in the U.S. are profitable. 40%. The other either break even or lose money, which again is mind-boggling. 40% only of small businesses in the U.S. are profitable. With this information in mind, we need to look at the failure rate of small businesses. 20% of businesses fail within the first year of their operation. 50% fail within the first five years. 50%. So half the businesses do not make it to year six. So with that information in mind, I'd started doing some additional research to try to see why do businesses really fail? So if 50% of the people saying they're failing because they run out of money, is this the truth or is it just a big lie that people like to tell themselves in order not to admit the mistakes that they've made earlier on? So I was trying to figure out if there's a different way I can approach this to see what really causes people to run out of business when they start their own company. What I did was I went and searched the keyword volume for different keywords for small businesses searches. I found something that aligns very well with my thoughts and also with the statistics that I found earlier. So when you look at search volume of different keywords, 46%, almost half, of all the searches done related to small businesses are finance related. How do I find a loan? How do I get a small business loan? How do I get a small business grant? Etc. Etc. What's the best banks to get a small business loan? So almost half of the searches on Google that are related to small businesses look at how to get money. If you want a quick overview of the rest of the statistics, 29% have general small business questions like what is a small business administration? How do I start a small business? Stuff like that. Another 19% look for different services. So healthcare for small businesses, accounting for small businesses, things like that. 3% look for different how-to questions, which is starting to move in the right direction. But what really surprised me, or actually sadly did not surprise me, is only 3% of the searches that are small business related are asking questions on how to run a business, how to write a business plan, get a business plan template, how to do market research, how to do product market fit analysis, how to write a marketing plan, proper accounting for a business. So all these core business questions that are the heart of running a business account to only 3%, 3% of overall searches related to small businesses. So with that information in mind, let's start to analyze what we know. We know that 400,000 new businesses start in the US every year on average. We know that 50% of them fail within the first five years. We also know that only 40% of them actually ever generate profit. And we know that most people who start a small business do not have a business background and yet only 3% of them are searching for anything that can help them actually run their business properly. I think by now you understand where I'm going with this and why I call this the big lie of small businesses. People say they run out of money when in reality they don't have the tools and the experience and the knowledge to actually run a business. This is why their businesses fail. 
It's not because they ran out of money. Running out of money is the outcome. It's not the reason. But this is not an accusation or even pointing fingers. I admire any entrepreneur, anybody who decides to start a business and do something is worthy of applause. But I want to go back for a second and see why most people start a business. Most people start a business either because they don't have a choice and they couldn't find a job or because they're passionate about something and they want to turn it into a career or they're good at doing something and they just want to do this without reporting to anybody else. In each of these scenarios, you didn't hear me mention anything about business training or anything like that. The flip side of this, let's think for a minute, what's a proper business process? The first thing you have to do before you start any business is do a detailed research and analysis of the market and the product and services that you want to offer. You need to check what's the applicability to the clientele you want to offer this to. You need to see if you have the right setup in order to provide value to the particular clients you want to serve. Doing this process takes time that does not generate any revenue and cannot sustain your family or your well-being while you're doing that research. So the reality is most small business owners do not do that. They start executing right away, which leads to the next thing. The next thing is not having a proper business plan. There is no plan. There's just execution, whether it's providing a specific service, whether it's developing and selling a specific product. It's the execution that comes first without any proper business plan. This has many different issues, but the biggest one is that even if it works in the short term, there's very, very little chance it will work in the long term because in many cases, it's 100% dependent on the person that's doing it, which means it's 100% not scalable. Having a business model that cannot scale is one of the worst things that you can do when you start a new business. This was actually part of the topic that I was planning to do in this episode, which is how to get off the hamster wheel of a small business. And this episode will come and you'll be able to listen to the details of that later on. But if to give you a quick summary, if you do 100% of the things for the business and you have no processes, systems, or roadmap in place to change this, you cannot scale your business and you will be chasing your tail 24-7 with little or no chance of growing the business. So let's take that to the next step. What does a business need in order to be successful and grow? Analyzing multiple businesses and also based on my personal experience from the companies I was involved in that were very successful and the ones that failed, a successful business today in our era has to have several different elements. Without it, it cannot be scaled and it cannot grow over time. I call it the four and a half legged stool of business success. Why four and a half legs? Let's review them and I'll explain. Leg number one is having the right product and service and the right technology stack supporting it. Meaning what you're selling needs to be very well integrated with relevant technology that can help you achieve the goals that your product and service are supposed to achieve. The second leg of the success tool is business intelligence or BI in short. It's basically the ability to track everything that you're doing in a way that will enable you to make educated, data-based decisions for everything that you do. What do I mean data collected? I mean knowing how much traffic you have to your website, where are they coming from, how are they converting, how do people get to your store if you have a physical store, how did they hear about you, what is the frequency that people interact with you, how many of them actually end up buying, how many stay customers for a longer period of time, what is the lifetime value of each of those customers, 
For many of you listening, this is the bread and butter of everything that you do. But for a large volume of people, small business owners, they probably don't even know what I'm talking about, which leads to obviously a very big problem once they come to make decisions because they have no data to base the decisions on. One of the things you use this data for is marketing, which leads me to the third leg of the four and a half leg success stool, which is marketing automation. Marketing automation is a key component of scaling a business in the world we live in. Why is it such a key component? Because the only way to really scale a business today is online. If you do not have online presence, it's very, very difficult and extremely expensive to get to a large volume of people, tell them about your business, get their trust, and make them to become your customers. Such marketing automation has to be fully integrated with the product and services that you provide on one end, but also with a business intelligence platform on the other end. If all of these work very well together, you can continuously increase the value that you provide every single individual, whether they're a prospect or an existing client. Which leads me to the fourth leg of the success tool, which is personalization. What does personalization even mean? It means that you can address various segments of your customer base based on their personal preferences. This means providing customized messages depending on who the customer is, male, female, age, different preferences, but it also means providing specific messages depending on where they are through the customer journey. Some of you would argue that if I'm doing marketing automation, personalization is not necessarily a must. My answer to that is that it might be correct in the short term, but in the long term, all your competition will start doing personalization, which means they're getting higher returns on every dollar they spend on marketing, which means over time they will beat you in a bigger and bigger spread and you will run out of customers and then run out of money and then we'll have to close your business. I know some of you probably would say, oh, there's so many other things that a successful business must have, like a great team, and I agree 100%. Successful businesses have strong teams, but, and there's a big but here, there's a lot of people who made a very, very successful career on their own, online, without having a very big team, or some of them without having a team at all. But all of them had those four pillars that we talked about. So now those of you who remember that I was talking about four and a half legs are even wondering even more, what's that half leg? What's the hell is a half leg? So the half leg is artificial intelligence, AI. It's not a must yet today, but it's becoming and it will be one as this decade progresses. Artificial intelligence allows the other four pillars, the marketing automation, the personalization, the business intelligence, and the product and services, and the overall technology stack to work better and better together. It allows them to complement each other and be so well integrated that they keep feeding each other in this endless circle that just makes your business grow faster and become more and more efficient. So if you're missing one of those four pillars, start with those and don't worry about business intelligence for now. But if you have those four pillars, looking for artificial intelligence ways to improve your methods and processes is the next thing you need to do. From here, I want to move to talk about something else which goes under the topic of management. So many small business owners never ran a business before they opened the first business. They never had any proper business training. Many of them have no clue about finance or accounting or marketing or business development or how to manage processes, how to manage the sales funnel. But the reality is they have to deal with all of those topics, 100% of them, because without it, you can run a proper business over time. 
because they don't have time for that and because they do not feel comfortable dealing with those things that they're not very good at, many of these topics get neglected, which makes the situation even worse. This just leads to poor decision-making in the management process, which over time is eroding the business's chances to be successful. So let's do a quick recap. We talked about poor planning and research before starting the business, not having a business model at all, or having a business model that is not scalable. We also talked about missing one or a few of the pillars which are required to build a successful business in our days, and also about poor management skills. From here, I want to go back for a second for the research that I've performed. In the research, there were a few other reasons that people suggested why small businesses fail. One was fierce competition, and the other was the market changed and they did not react. Both, on the surface, sounds like legitimate reasons for a business to fail, but the reality is they tie back to the problems we discussed before. The issue of competition or changes in the market can all be summed up in just not being ready in time and not reacting in time to changes that are happening in the market you're competing in. There could only be three reasons to a situation like that. Reason number one is tied back to the research and planning. Maybe you just did not know the situation of the market or the competition before you started the business. Another reason could be not identifying when the changes happen, either changes in the market or changes in the competition or both. If you have a proper business intelligence system in place, you could see these things a mile away. You will start seeing early signs of a decrease in conversion, decrease in sales in specific channels, and you'll be able to identify what the sources are and react accordingly. The third reason why businesses fail because of competition or changes in the market is their inability to change or to change in time. So there's many businesses who are aware of things that are happening in the market. They identify the changes in the competition, but they're just not reacting or they're not reacting aggressively enough or not reacting correctly. In some cases, this has to do with the company just being in love with its product and service and not willing to pivot away from it. In some cases, it's just not having the right tool set in order to make the right changes. But the reality is, if the market is changing or the competition is becoming more aggressive, the business has to react, which sometimes means making small changes, but sometimes it means pivoting away from your original direction. So now for the big question. What can you do as a small business owner if you're in a situation that you're not able to grow your business or you see it shrinking and you're listening to this and saying, oh, this is all doom and gloom. What can I do now? Well, there's a lot you can actually do, but it takes discipline and it takes time. So let's go through the steps that a small business owner can take in order to dramatically increase his chances of success. Step number one is to set aside time. The biggest issue that small business owners has is lack of time. There's so many things that needs to happen. There's so many urgent issues that happen every single day. And it's very, very hard to set time aside for anything else. And this is where discipline comes into place. You need to block time on your calendar Set up a recurring meeting for as frequently as you can, but be realistic in the fact that you need to be able to keep those meetings. Address those meetings as if you're meeting with an important CEO of a potential partnering company or an investor that can write you a check that can save your business. It is that important. What does that mean? It means you don't cancel these meetings. It means you're not showing up late for these meetings. It means you're not cutting these meetings short. It means you're giving these meetings the time they deserve because you're committed to it in order to grow your business. What do you do in those meetings? One of the first steps, you learn. 
What do you learn? You learn all the aspects of the business you do not know right now. If your biggest gap right now is marketing, learn marketing. If you need to know more about finance, learn about finance. If it's finally time to write a business plan, learn how to write a business plan. But then the obvious question is, how do you learn? There's so much information out there. How do you know where to get the right information so you can learn in the most effective way? My recommendation is, in the first part of the research, invest the time in finding reliable sources of actionable information. And both aspects are important. Step number one is the information has to be reliable. It's very, very easy to put information out there today. And many people that put information out there today may look fantastic because it takes about five minutes to build a beautiful website today. But those people who put those beautiful websites are not necessarily know anything more than you do. So how do you know an information is reliable and it comes from a source that can actually provide you value? Look at the experience, the real-life experience of the people that had put that information together. Are they just bloggers who has always been bloggers and have never done anything else in their lives? Are these people that have other expertise in providing services to small and large companies like yourselves and hence they bring value to the table? Or are they people who have done one or two companies in their past and have their own real-life experience, not just sharing it with other people? Not to toot my own horn, but the E-Tribe only interviews people that are experienced entrepreneurs that bring real value to the table and provide actionable suggestions based on real-life information. We also never share information we randomly find somewhere on the internet and we verify every piece of information that we share. Look for sources of information who follow these kind of guidelines and rules for themselves as well, and this would be a good place to start learning from. Other good sources of information are local chapters of the Small Business Administration, Small Business Development Centers, and Small Business Associations that provide these services in many cases for free or very, very cheap in many areas in the U.S. One important aspect is not to learn for the sake of learning. You need to learn skills and processes that are actionable that will allow you to grow your business. So look for information that can help you do that. Once you have enough information on the topic that you are learning on, it's time to create a plan. Create a detailed plan that needs to balance two different things. On one hand is the things you need to execute based on the plan, but on the other hand, you need to be very realistic. You're running a business, you're really busy, you have a lot on your plate, and you can't invest X hours a day in your new plan. So divide it in a way that will allow you to actually execute the plan rather than failing executing it and dropping it a few weeks later. Now, I know many of you think that this is on the verge of impossible. You have so many things on your plates. You're so busy doing the things you're doing right now. And I'm asking you to carve out X number of hours a week to do something else that does not generate revenue and will only help you in the long term, where in the short term, you're barely making ends meet. But let me tell you something. A lot of entrepreneurs like you were able to do this process. It just takes discipline. And you as an entrepreneur, if you've done things so far, you'll be able to do this as well. But if you still think this is not doable or not realistic, there's another option that you can take. You can look for a partner and the right partner. The right partner would be able to bring on board the skill set and the capabilities that you do not have and will be able to take your business to the next level because he will bring those capabilities and will be able to complement you in the things that you can do well. The trick is obviously, how do you find the right partner? 
And this goes back to, in the beginning, you have to invest time and make that time count in finding a partner that you can work with, that you can argue with, that you can have beers with, that can become your friend in the long run, and that complements your business skills. Before I summarize and before I give you some food for thought, I would like to give some full disclosure just for the sake of my friends in all the startup companies. Yes, of course, there are companies who run out of business because they run out of money. Most of them are startup companies who are set to build something really big and they have raised money from investors in order to build that thing. If they don't become profitable or are able to raise more money from investors, they will run out of business once they run out of cash. So yes, dear startup friends, I know this is a real possibility for many businesses. What I'm claiming is not that this situation doesn't exist, but it's the fact that this is not the situation for a very big portion of the small businesses in the United States. So with that, I want to go back to one of the parameters I mentioned earlier on that I found in my research. Only 3% of small business-related Google searches look for business know-how. Don't fall into that 3%. Make sure you learn, make sure you build a plan, make sure you put a scalable business model in place, make sure you put things in your business that will allow you to monitor the results that you're doing and will allow you to react accordingly and in time. This will set you on a path for a much higher chance of success and a much smaller chances of your business failing. Good luck to all the entrepreneurs out there. I really love you all. I really appreciate everybody and everything that you're doing. And I hope I'll see you around for the next episode. Hey, Tribers, I hope you enjoy this great interview. If you have, please share this with your friends and your colleagues. If you'd like access to similar content or you would like to get the notes and the resources mentioned in this interview, please visit us at theetribe.com where you can find other great interviews like this one, as well as many resources and tools which can help you grow or start your business. We would love it if you would join the eTribe, either as a member or as a contributor. You can do that on the website as well. I hope you would listen to us next time, and until then, have a great day.